Hey, it's another new year. It's come upon us pretty quickly. Uh, I think Glenys and I were in bed at 10.30, watched the movie, went to bed, heard no noise around us, and that was fantastic. But it's that time of year when, I don't know if you've realised, but we usually focus in upon two things as we sort of come to this time. First thing, you see it in the media, we, we reflect upon what's happened in the past year. And, and we look at the highs and lows of the year and think back, okay, what have been the lows? And everybody's going to say COVID, COVID-19. Uh, but for each of us individually, the year has probably been filled with a, a lot of things. It could have been the loss of a loved one. Uh, it could have been a loss of a job or health issues or something that we consider as a, a low in the year. Um, and that's affected us in some way. But we might think about some of the highs as well. Uh, someone got married. Uh, someone had a baby. Someone got a new job. Uh, whatever might be a positive in our life, we think about the highs and the lows. And some of those things, it's interesting, have a real impact on us, on who we are as people and on how we live our life from that moment forward. It might last for a, while, a little while or a, it might last for years or it might be our whole life. And I'm sure there are probably things that you can think back over your life, not just the last year, but in your life there are things that have happened to you that may be a negative thing or a positive thing that still impact you today, whatever that might be. Something very personal and and it's impacted you. And I think most people realise that past experiences do have an influence on us, but not just the experience itself, but how we respond to it. And I'm sure that you have seen too, like I have, over the years, there are people, two different people who can go through the same negative situation and one person comes out very bitter, unforgiving, hard, and one person comes out better because they're forgiving and they're willing to move on in their life. Our response often is, the key to all of these things. And we think back over the year, usually they have on TV what have been the significant events and half the program's taken up with COVID. But but there's another aspect that I really want to focus on today and that is that we often think about the future too. We think about the past, what's happened this year or last year actually, three days ago, but we think about the future and so we, we make some resolutions. So... What are some of the resolutions? Anyone here made a resolution for this 2021? No? Boy, you're unexciting, aren't you? Maybe it's to lose five kilos. Maybe it's to get a new job, uh, to go on a holiday to Coochie Mudlow because it's probably the only place you can really go these days. But whether we intentionally decide on some things or whether they just by default, they happen in our life, we think about not just the past but the future. And just as the past has had an influence on us, the direction that we have for the future also influences us today. We don't often think about that, the influence of the future. So, for example, and I've seen this a few times, you probably have too, uh, a young lady in a house decides that she's going to be married. And uh, that event's going to take place in eight months' time. Okay, that's off in the future. But for eight months, all of these things are happening. 
finding dresses, arranging places to have the service, food that you're going to eat, who you're going to invite and who you're not going to invite, just as important. And so a sense of the future actually determines how we live today, all the things that we do today. So if you have a desire like a a friend of mine, a a young lady uh, that Glenys and I know, decided she'd like to become a doctor. And so she, from that moment that that decision was made that in 10 years' time I want to be a doctor, three years of a science degree at uni and then five years of a, a medical degree and then an intern in the hot, and so it just goes on and on. And so the things that happen in her present life, all of the things that she did were because of that future that was out there that she wanted to reach. She wanted to become a doctor. And a uh, Frederick Nietzsche, a philosopher, once said, the future influences us as much as the past does. And so this morning I want us to focus upon not so much what happened last year, but I want us to think about how we live our life in the present in light of where we're going in the future. There was a man in Sydney called Arthur Stace. Maybe some of you have heard of Arthur. He was a gentleman that, who was an alcoholic uh, and then he became a Christian. And then he spent decades after that going around Sydney writing the word eternity. And we all remember that. I think I remember back. I can't remember which new year it was, but on the Sydney Harbour Bridge, they had the word eternity written out. And so his life was so transformed because from the moment he became a Christian, his new future with God in eternity transformed everything that he was doing in his present life. And the Apostle Paul is very similar. Philippians 3, 13 to 14 says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, that's fairly good prioritising, isn't it? He's got one thing he really wants to do in his life. Forgetting what is behind in the past and straining toward what is ahead in the future, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so Paul's approach to life was one of saying, I'm forgetting the things of the past. I've made mistakes. I've, I've done all sorts of things I, I regret. And I'm, I'm forgiven for those things. I'm forgetting those things. They're no longer going to have an influence on me. But I'm pressing on towards a future, a destiny. And so I'm going to live my life now in light of eternity. Think about that. If all of the decisions that we make and how we live our life now is because we know that one day there's an eternity that awaits us and is coming towards us. And there are two key truths that I want to emphasise this morning about this eternal destiny and about living our life now based upon what awaits us in the future. And the first one is this, God's future kingdom has already come 
into the present, but not fully. So God's kingdom's already come into the present, but not fully. And theologians who like to make really brave comments and put things in ways that we don't always understand said this, it's about the already, but the not yet. The already, but the not yet. And I don't know if you've ever been on a train station when a really long train has come in. I've had that experience on a number of occasions. And so the front of the train, the the engine comes in and a few carriages come in and then it just keeps coming. And you think the train's arrived, but it's not fully arrived. And it might take 30 seconds, a minute, and the train just keeps rolling and rolling and the whole train comes into the station. But initially... All we see is the front of the train and we experience the first few carriages, but then the rest is just coming. And so we can truly say, yeah, the train's arrived, but it hasn't fully arrived. There's still a little bit more that we can experience of that train. And that's like the kingdom of God. Jesus said that his kingdom has come and yet it's to come in the future. Luke eleven nineteen. Jesus was seeking to convince the people of his time of this very truth that the kingdom had arrived in him and yet in the future the fullness of that kingdom was going to come and the kingdom of this world was going to fade away. In Luke 11.19 he said, If I cast out demons with the finger of God, which is a symbol for the power of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you that Jesus demonstrated that in himself the kingdom of God had arrived and then he left. That's pretty sad, isn't it? He came, he said, the kingdom's here and then he left. But before he left, he said, I'm coming back. And the first time he came as the lamb to die for the sins of the world, the second time he comes as the lion of Judah to completely bring the kingdom of God in all of its fullness into this world. And as Christians, this year right now, we're living in the kingdom of God, but we're not living in the kingdom of God in all of its fullness because as yet not every tear has been wiped away, not every sin has been abolished, death has not yet been overcome. And so the kingdom of God is yet to see its full, complete revelation in the world. But we can still live in the kingdom now. We can still know what it's like to be in God's kingdom. Luke 17, 21, Jesus said to them, remember, the kingdom of God is within you. So God's kingdom is within you this morning. And so you can live out the future full kingdom that's coming. You can live it out in this life now. So we can have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, meekness, goodness, all those things that God said, that's in you now because the kingdom has come. When Jesus said it is finished, what was finished? Well, the enemy was defeated on the cross and the kingdom has been installed. Jesus has died for the sins of the world and to everyone who confesses him as their Saviour and Lord They come into the kingdom and the kingdom comes into them. And in this life we experience that. And so two people can go through hard times. 
and one person sees it as so destructive and comes out bitter, but others who have a perspective on the future and say there's an eternity that's coming towards us, the future is coming to us in all of its fullness. We can be like Paul and we can say I'd rather be with God than to stay in this world. That in the midst of difficulty, we can be thankful. We can rejoice in the Lord. A man who was in prison for years and wrote, rejoice in the Lord. Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. I mean, if you think we look gorgeous now, if you look around, are we a pretty good-looking group? Pretty good-looking. One day we're going to look more gorgeous. I'm just making up words here. It's pretty good. When we're filled with the fullness of God and all of this sin and death and darkness has been disposed of, we're going to be filled with the glory of God. And it says, it's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we will know that when he appears, we will be like him. And so the best is yet to come, and we can experience it now because it's like that train. It's come into the world, not in all of its fullness yet, to do away with all of the evil that's in the world, but God's kingdom has come. And we live in a time where there's an overlap of two kingdoms. The old has not fully gone and the new has not fully come. But we can still experience all of the the wonder of what we're going to have in eternity. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said something like this. I'm sure he would say, hey, you missed a few words in your uh, quoting me. But he said something like, for those who live in this world without God... Hell will merely be a larger experience of everything we've known in this life. For those who are born again and know God's kingdom in this life, the afterlife will be an extension of all that we've known in this life. So the joy that we can experience now, even in the midst of difficulties, will be the same sort of joy that we know in eternity, but it will be magnified. It will be much grander, much richer, much deeper, joy and peace and love. But we can experience it now. Jesus, as my wife keeps saying to me, must make a difference. Being a Christian, does it make a difference to you today that you're a Christian and you know that when you go to be with God, whether you die or whether Jesus comes back first, whichever one it is, that you're going to go to a place, a location, if I could put it like that, where there's a fullness of all of the wonderful things of God's kingdom. But we can experience it now. Hebrews 6.5 says that Christians are already partaking of the powers of the age that is to come. So it's not pie in the sky when you die, it's steak on the plate while you wait. 
So there's, there's a blessing now as we live out our Christianity, but with an expectation that the fullness of that is coming. So that's the first point that we understand about the kingdom. It's already come into the world, not in all of its fullness yet, but it's already come and we can partake of that. We can know the peace of God that passes all understanding. And it's just an amazing thing. I've been with a number of people who've passed away. I've been with families who've lost people. And the peace of God is just so amazing in the midst of those situations where people can say, we can sense something of the presence of God even here as we stand in the midst of losing a loved one. Or life not turning out the way that we expect, but God is still in charge. The second thing I want to emphasise this morning about living in the light of an eternity that's coming to us, of looking to the future more than looking to the past, even though we can learn from the past, is that how we live now out of God's kingdom determines the richness of our future experience in the kingdom. The things that we do now, how we live our life, how we treat people, how we serve God, what our priorities are in this life will have an influence on the future that we go to or that comes to us. We see this demonstrated in a number of parables of Jesus. In the parable of the talents, he said there was a master going away and he gave talents to to his servants and he said, I'm going away but I'm going to come back and uh, when I come back, we'll make accounts. And so there were some who went out and invested the master's talents in the family business. Did you know you're in the family business? We're in the family business, the business of the kingdom, the father's business. And you've been given some talents, some gifts, some calling, a ministry. But we need to know that one day when Jesus returns, I'm going to stand before Jesus. He's going to say, what did you do with the talents that you have? Because that's going to determine something about the fullness and the richness that you will experience in the kingdom. Not talking about salvation here, but I'm talking about the reward that awaits the Christian in the kingdom. And so as some will make it into the kingdom of God as if by fire, by the skin of our teeth. And as you would probably be aware, teeth don't have skin. But there were some who make it into the kingdom of God and have salvation, but God also wants to give a reward for our service in this life. The parable of the talents illustrates that. If you don't use it, you lose it. And then another parable that Jesus taught, the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins waiting for the bridegroom to come and there were five who were wise and made sure that their lamps were filled with oil and the the light was shining in that moment. And then there were five who allowed the light to go out because they didn't fill their lamps with oil and they missed out on something because they failed to live out that Christianity in a way that God would have them to live. Living now in the light of eternity means the decisions that we make, the relationships that we have, the priorities that we set 
are in light of God's coming kingdom. And it can seem such a long way off. But we don't know. No man knows the day or the hour of his coming. And Christ will come. And he urges us to be prepared to allow our life now to reflect people who have an expectation and an anticipation of God's kingdom coming into the world. And we live in a world where there is so much pressure to compromise, is there not? To compromise, to not to stand up for the truth. I was talking with a a friend and we were having a little bit of a disagreement about how many different genders there are in the world today. And uh, I, I said, as far as I'm aware, unless something new has happened, there's only two, a male and a female. And he said, oh, you are just so out of date. Oh, didn't you know that? I think it was 64 now, different categories of people. That's the direction the world is going, how sad that is. Don't ask me what they are. I haven't got a clue. I just thought there was two. I'm fairly simple. The world is going down a black hole of evil. And Christians are called to stand firm on the principles of God's kingdom because God's kingdom is within us and God's kingdom is coming into this world to abolish all of the evil and the kingdom of this world and to establish the kingdom of God. Well, how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, Matthew 6, 19 to 20 says this. Store up for yourself. And that may sound a little bit selfish, but it's not really. God's saying that you have an inheritance in the kingdom. You see, Glennis and I, we talk about we want to leave our daughters an inheritance. God wants to give you an inheritance. And he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heavenly places. So how we live now, the investment that we make now in God's kingdom will determine the profit, in a sense, the reward that awaits us in heavenly places when we get there. And the scripture says there will be some who will make it into God's kingdom in the the, the future that's to come, but there will be no reward. They'll have eternal life, but they won't have the reward that God has because they didn't invest in God's kingdom here in this life. I'd like to suggest two things that are part of investing in God's kingdom. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom. And when you see that word first, that means that it goes before all the others that come after it. So after that is a second and a third and a fourth. But seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added to you. That's a fairly simple principle of life. Invest in the kingdom. Invest in a future that goes on for all eternity. Can you imagine for a moment if our experience in this life, say I live to 100 and that's the length of my life. Compare that 
to all of eternity that follows. Unceasing existence in the presence of God. What will this life seem like? I mean, what does it seem like in your mind or my mind this morning, 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this planet, to an eternity in the presence of God? It will never end. It will never cease. When we've been there 10,000 years, there's no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. It is not a foolish thing to spend this life, invest this life in God's kingdom for an eternity that God desires to give to us as we worship God, as we read God's word, as we pray, as we fellowship together. It's how we invest in the kingdom. Have you recently read God's word? Has God's word touched your heart? Has God's word convicted you? Sometimes I open up God's word and I read something and I think, "Uh uh-oh, close it up. (laughs) I think, oh, did you have to put your finger on that, Lord, that attitude or that something in, in my life that you want to change? And God doesn't let us off the hook. If we're going in a direction that he doesn't want us to go, he will keep speaking. And I always believe that God's word is like a boomerang. And God brings the word to us and we can throw it away, but it just keeps coming back and back and back until it hits you in the head or the heart. Until we receive that word and say, thank you, Lord. Forgive me. And we implement that word in our life. As we come to a new year this year, we can invest in an eternal future as we worship, as we pray, as we read the word, as we fellowship together, as we share the things of God's kingdom that are already present in this life. And then secondly, praying for the coming of God's kingdom. You know, we talk about the Lord's Prayer and says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6.10. So this year, do we pray, God, let your kingdom come in all its fullness. Let it come into my family. Let it come into my neighbourhood. Let it come in greater measure into our church here at 316. We need to love the things of the kingdom now because that's what we will experience for all eternity. Yes, without all of the evil that's in the world, but that's what awaits us. And so that's an encouragement for us now to set a resolution that's bigger than 2021 and say this year I'm going to lose five kilos so I can fit back into those pants I bought five years ago or I'm going to... uh, you know, do this, or I'm going to buy a new car, I'm going to do that. But this year, may our resolutions have the flavour of eternity. We say, Lord, this year I want to spend quality time with you each day as I pray and read the word, as I worship you. I want to spend quality time with people at the church. You know, sometimes we come to church and uh, uh, church can be like, I don't know if you have them at your place, but in our freezer we have a little plastic thing that has 
little holes in it and we fill it up with water and then we can push out the little ice cubes that are in that container once they're frozen. And sometimes church can feel like that. They can feel, it can feel like an ice box with all of us sitting in the pews freezing. We're like the, the frozen chosen and we sit here and we, we shiver away. When we, we all desire intimacy and love and someone to be there for us, to someone to see that maybe uh, we're going through a difficult time, we'd love someone to come and pray with us, someone to put their hand on our shoulder and listen to us, to be the church, to experience more of the kingdom of God that's coming more fully into the world. And we can experience that now. May our resolutions for this year be resolutions that have a flavour of God's coming kingdom. Please join me in prayer.